You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Hello, One of Us listeners. My name is Nick. You may recognize my voice from One of Us shows such as The Screener Squad, The Final Watch series, and occasionally The Breakfast Pub. Recently, I ventured into the world of audiobooks and created my own production company, Mercs with Mics, which so far has been quite successful. The bad news is that's a little too successful for me to actually keep up with the workload on. So I'm looking for some freelance audio editors to help me out with some basic editing. Things like editing out flub takes, loud breathing between dialogue, and the elimination of clicks and pops and other artifacts that might end up on the audio. Payment would start at the rate of $70 per full hour of edited audio. I'm also looking for narrators, with a decent home recording setup, and at least some previous experience in acting. If you are interested in either of these positions, please contact me at mercswithmics at gmail.com. Thank you for your time, and a special thanks to all the listeners who support oneofus.net and keep this wonderful site going. You make me proud to be one of us. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber-supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going, and get some terrific bonus content as well. This is the night, it's a beautiful night, and they call it the Screener Squad. <laughs> we are Siamese, if you please. No, see, that's the old version. The new version has to have it's generic pop songs. beauty and the beast. <laughs> what is happening? Uh, hey, everybody, we're talking about Lady and the Tramp, uh, the, new, the newest in the live-action reboot craze that's now a launch title for Disney+, Plus, which... You know, is it weird to say that of all the stuff we've been watching for Disney Plus, this might be one of the better things that came out on the service? No, that's not. It's weird. not that weird. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah it's one of the better. This. It's one of the better live action Disney movies recently too. In the past, at least like the past like five or six live action movies, it's one of the better ones. Yeah, it's weird because it's like I remember we were talking about that because we actually did a previous review for this and my audio got all jacked up. But it's like, yeah, when you think about the recent trend of live action films. Usually the better of those films are the ones that are trying less to be big and new and loud kind of stuff. You know, like, so, like something like this. Nice and quiet and just perfectly safe and passable. Yeah, I really don't know how this movie would have played out in theaters. Like It, it, it would have bombed. I don't I think. know. Yeah. Well, the best I mean, thing about this movie was it wasn't selling you on the voice actors that were in it. It has great voice actors, but like that's not... Like, they're not trying to get you to watch it with just that alone. It's I don't like, know. I mean, of... Tessa Thompson and Justin Theroux... Okay, Justin Theroux doesn't have any much markability, but Tessa Thompson has some weight behind her. Yeah, but it's not like he has casting Beyonce in it. <laughs> True. Well, yeah. they did cast a couple of musicians like Janelle Monet and a bunch of people from her uh, scene group, so... Yeah, I still have no idea who that is. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, well, like, look yeah, her up so... immediately after the movie? Nope. <laughs> no, me neither. I'm just kidding. He's not that bothered. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't even realize it was Tessa Thompson until like halfway through the movie. I just decided to look up the uh, the voice actors because I was curious who it was. Yeah. So, I mean, for anyone who hasn't seen the original Lady and the Tramp, I mean, this is literally a note-for-note remake of the movie, but with a few added scenes into it, right? And less racism. <laughs> yeah, and, and some of the jokes were more modern, like the, the way they hit, like the timing of the, the jokes. <clears throat> Was yeah, there the, racism in the 1910s? <laughs> well, 
Well, apparently, <laughs> according to this movie, no, because this is a very multicultural cast they got for this film. So it it could it could have even been set in like modern day, like except for some of the except like the lack of phones and like some of the architecture. It really didn't seem like it was like an old time uh, setting. No, honestly, like this, it, the 1910 stuff was just so it could be relevant and be you know recognized as a remake of the original movie. So yeah, you had the cars uh, that were from that period, but that's about it. Oh, and yeah, a really. train. Yeah, oh. but for people who absolutely do not know what Lady of the Tramp is, I mean, it's a classic story. It's where Lady, she's a little cocker spaniel who's been pampered and loved by her owners, and then one day they have a baby, and she's feeling a little pushed out because obviously if they have a baby, they're going to pay more attention to that than to her. And her path crosses with another dog who's a schnauzer played by Justin Thoreau, who's the tramp. And he's, you know, down and out, living in the gutters, eating and stealing food from other people. And just their adventures of meeting each other, experiencing the world, falling in love, yada, 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 kind of stuff. Eating spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. you know, Eating spaghetti. All, now people can actually have context to that scene when people reference it and other stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I still wonder, like, can can dogs di- digest spaghetti? I have no, no idea. No, you they should can not eat give them most dogs things, but you, you but should. You not... can give them dark chocolate. No, no, Stop! Give a big plate of meatballs. with bad ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, when I say that again, it's like I do think this is one of the better of the live action movies. It's not great. It's actually even kind of forgettable, honestly, because when you think about this movie in terms of tone and that stuff. It's super sanitized. Like, mm-hmm. it is made with the intention to not offend anybody with anything that happens in this movie. Yeah. It's okay when it's a kid's movie for me, though. No, kids have big ideas. This waters <laughs> down everything. At the end of the this movie... Is about dogs. At the end of this movie, one of my kids was like, yay, they're friends again. Friends. <laughs> they're friends again? Nah, well, because they didn't this, really sell the romantic stuff, even. They You're didn't sell like, the romance at all, and that's so strange, because that's what this movie was supposed to be about. Yeah. Yeah, the, the part where, they, where they're where they eating spaghetti and they like they kiss for a second, they're just like, nothing really happened. It, it didn't have like the charm of the, the original. I don't know, that seems pretty realistic to me, guys. There, like, there's how like, how quickly do you guys fall in love? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> a CGI in dog can't hours. blush yet. An animated dog can, but not a CGI one, so that's why that yeah. didn't land. Which, you know what this means? Less assholes are going to try to eat spaghetti on the first date. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you mentioned the CGI dog, and we got to make that point clear that it's not all CGI dogs throughout this movie, but a good chunk of it is CGI dogs. And, you know, we've complained about Lion King, how they use CGI animals who can't emote and can't use their faces, so it makes the acting look yeah. worse. But in here, they did just enough to anthropomorphize them without breaking the, you know, realism quote quote of the movie. And on the whole, I'd say that the effects worked more than they didn't, kind of thing. It was no, much better than Lion King. Yeah. It shows that if you just move eyebrows, you can emote things really well. Oh yeah. No, seriously, like just a little gesture. You don't need to make them do like goofy faces or super unrealistic stuff, but just a subtle touch can sometimes say a lot about a character, you know? Sure, and adding some shine or some wetness to the eyeballs, and that really can portray some things as well. I, I don't think that it was a bad look. You know, it's probably the best I've seen so far. I haven't seen The Lion King yet. But. I, I mean, I think The Lion King is better on a technical polish level, because there's a few points, mm-hmm. like, from a distance, some of these animals look okay, and when they're not moving a lot, it looks okay. But if they do more complex motions, they're kind of 
you know, they're a little janky looking at points. Yeah, like they're they're if they're starting to move and try to look in a certain direction, their head kind of looks like a snake. It's kind of like 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 bobbly and like kind of snaking around. It's, you can tell like the the upper half of them is CG and the other the rest of them isn't. Yeah, and probably the worst effects were those two cats they got to replace the Siamese cats in this movie because oof, they were uh, they were some eyesores. Yeah, and you were you were saying that your uh, your wife wasn't really sure what kind of cat they were. I can't. Uh, it's unclear. They're like, okay, so are they Russian blues? Are they tabbies? Are they this stuff? No, they're kind of just a cat. Like it's not even. Like, well, they are. They're the they're the rare Disney CG cat. Yeah. <laughs> CGEs or something like that. I don't know. But we also... are CG, if you will please. Well, I wouldn't be surprised since the cats wreck up this room. If someone in the Disney studio made a decision that you can't tell what cat it is, so those particular cat people won't send angry letters. Like you said, nobody's <laughs> going to be offended in this movie. Yeah, although the, it's funny because even though they changed the, the race of the cats and they changed the uh, the whole song to be less of a stereotype and it's more just, you know, Yeah, species R&B of the cat. Me. Well, species, you know. But, like, that's the thing where it's like, okay, they did all that stuff to sanitize and make it acceptable, but the song was, like, super forgettable. Like, I can't even hum it at yeah. this point. So Yeah, that was, that was, like, one of the most memorable parts as a kid. I just remember, like, that whole scene where they were, like, they were trying to there, – there was a, a fish in a fishbowl in the original, and they were trying to, like, drag the, the tablecloth down and eat the fish the whole scene. And the fish there – there was no fish. They were just – yeah, they were just kind of, like, breaking everything. They didn't really have any – like wait to what they were doing. No, it's just totally fake the entire time, and it's just such a lifeless song too. We're just like, just the whole time. Like there's nothing it really. Kind of reminded about me it. of the, the opening of True Detective season two, where it's <laughs> like, "Hey, we're bad cats. We're gonna scratch everything. But never mind. Never mind. If this was edited this like the True Detective intros, that would be even cooler. Yeah." <laughs> But you know, how many how many belly laughs did this movie get you guys? Because this got a few belly laughs out of me. I will say not everything worked for the comedy, but there is some, there are some funny parts throughout this. I think probably the biggest belly laugh. I think we mentioned it last time too that uh, when F. Mary Abraham and uh, Arturo Castro showed up at the Italian restaurant, it's like okay, that was really funny. Oh yeah. Oh, the pet store got me. Oh, that was funny. It wasn't really like clever, but it was just kind of, it was it was on that level where it was so cute and so on the nose that it was just kind of silly. Kind of thing. No, and I, mm. I think it was good there was a laugh there because a lot of people that are going to watch this are going to be dog people and seeing a cute little puppy, little, little sweet dog like that get muzzled is very sad. So I'm glad there were jokes in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, there are some good laughs here and there throughout it. I mean, and the laughs come usually when you least expect it, which is probably best for this movie because some of the setup jokes themselves are just like, eh, okay, it's, it's one of those things where this movie feels like it's an old dog movie from the 90s. You know, like, like, not quite homeward bound because they actually talk to each other in case instead of just the mental like hey we're communicating through thoughts kind of thing but because it, it, i mean and i think part of that too is because the director of this movie is charlie bean which wow that's a name for somebody who feels like they work with ch- children just like oh little charlie bean <laughs> kind <of thing. laughs> but um he is a very uh, established storyboard artist for cartoons throughout the years including i mean if you look at his credits he has worked on some of the best stuff in the 90s like Tiny Toon Adventures, Batman the Animated Series, uh, Beethoven. So, you know, he, did, he helped with a Talking Dog movie. Um, oh, yeah. Well, Beethoven no, that was, was awesome. That was Talking Dog. But, um, but then, like, Dexter's Lab, Cow and Chicken, The Powerpuff Girls, pretty much almost all the big Cartoon Network shows from the old days. And then uh, Tron Uprising was his big thing, too, where he directed that whole thing. Is so, this his first movie? 
Yeah, this is his feature debut. Then kudos to him, because this is pretty old. Oh, uh, you know what? No, 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 never mind. Uh, he also was one of the directors on the Lego Ninjago movie, so. Oh, I think he's probably oh. taking a step up then. Yeah, yeah. yeah yes, the Lego Ninjago movie was just really not all that good at all. This one, because it's live action, though, I mean, it is his live action debut, I think that actually forced him to tone down things a bit, you know? Like, it, it gets some semblance of, like, realism, even with this very polished Disney cartoony world that he's working with. Yeah, not to go on like a super tangent, but I was yeah, I was super disappointed by the Lego Ninjago movie because I'm, I'm a big fan of the TV series, and it totally screwed up the story completely from like the first three seasons. Like they I, yeah, totally, I don't think they were caring totally rebooted it. Yeah, yeah they, they didn't I, care at all. They I just they just you, wanted man. to do a they just wanted I to do you, like I was a, mad at the Bionicle movie. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> did. Bionicle was amazing. Well, someone like doing the Lego movies has some serious daddy issues because every single one is about that. And every yeah, movie nowadays sure. is about daddy issues. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, there's not really... Well, I don't think there were any daddy issues in this movie. No, there was like there's like a dog catcher issue, though. More okay, crazy ass dog catcher. issues, eh? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that actually leads to a good segue with what you said about the dog catcher, because if I had any major actual issues with this movie, man, Adrian Martinez at the dog catcher, one... He's an okay actor, you know, he's he's oh, alright, but two, the character they put him with for being the dog catcher character, this dude is like psychotic level of cartoon evil. He's nuts. <laughs> he's, a, he's a crazy person, like all, the whole time he's trying to capture this one dog and he's like causing property destruction and breaking into people's houses and stuff like that, I'm like, dude, get a chill pill. Oh, <laughs> uh, we, knew, we know what dog catchers were like back then, they weren't even people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that was one thing that was stretching the like you know again this is a very Disney movie but even he he felt a little too over the top and cartoony for this story. Yeah, it's like let's, we're gonna take the dog to the other side of the door that nobody ever comes out of. <laughs> Which a, a super dark scene that came out of nowhere in the very near the very end of the movie. You're just like oh yeah um okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like kids are not gonna pick up on that, but adults are like oh no. Yeah, well, I was feeling super sad when that happened. I'm just like, wow, that was <laughs> harsh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, in terms of the live actors and that stuff, most of them are pretty fine. I mean, you got, like, Thomas Mann and Kiersey Clemens as the main owners of Lady, and they're they're cute. You know, they're adorable. Even uh, Thomas's, Thomas Mann's fake little mustache was really adorable, too. Yeah. And Bradley was saying uh, yesterday he didn't like that, that, that one, like, white poofy dog, that that singing scene in the jail. Oh, um, the Monet scene. Yeah, I could I could get in further in depth if you want. Well, let me just say like you know, for live action actors too. Just before we get to the voice actors, like yeah, we mentioned Murray Abraham and Arturo Castro are the two Italian chefs during that famous sequence, and they're they're fine. Uh, Ken Jeong yeah. shows up for one minute, and that was oh. <laughs> as a cynical doctor. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Playing no, another just, doctor. He's just playing. That, that's his thing now. Ken Jeong just plays doctors and everything. You know. <laughs> he should only play doctors. He's actually really good at that. Yeah, that. Well, I'm or, pretty sure um, like, he has a doctorate, doesn't he? A PhD. Yeah, he's he is an actual doc. That's the joke. Is that he is an actual doctor. So. Yeah. <laughs> but then also, um, Yvette Nicole Brown. I mean, she's kind of the secondary villain in the movie, and she's well playing Yvette Nicole Brown and then everything. But she was fine. Mm. She was she was funny. I mean, the yes. live-action actors can just be fine, but, like, the voice actors, I think they brought a lot to the movie. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's, the whole movie really rests on uh, Tessa Thompson and Justin Theroux's shoulders, and they're really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they really carried it a lot. Because there's a thing with, I mean, again, we say about visuals and, like, you know, gestures and that stuff, but I think them as performers really sold a lot of chemistry between the two of them. 
Well, like you guys were saying, I haven't seen The Lion King. I did hear The Lion King soundtrack. Beyonce's bringing it, but everyone else seems to be mm, not. It's, Beyonce's bringing it, but she's, one, overacting in a lot of scenes, and two, not a very good actor either. It's, it's so. probably a bad decision to crush someone you're singing with. With your powerful voice, I'll say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, well, got that Donald, Donald Glover, Glover, he yep. didn't stand a chance singing that song with her. But, um, yeah, these songs are sung much better, and uh, I think the voice cast gels really well together also. Although, most of the singing you can tell is super auto-tuned and overproduced, too, throughout this movie. Like, even yeah, um, Kiersey which is unfortunate. Especially, you said that the um, Rita is the dog's name, at least from the cartoon, is played by a musician. Yeah, it's uh, Janelle Monae's character who's playing Peg in this version. But uh, Peg. yeah, okay. she's an actual you know actor and musician, but she's just so you know she's fine. She's just a pop star kind of thing, you know. Just a pop star, you. Well, I, I mean, I'm just saying, like they I'm they really could have gotten anybody to play that role, but they got it because they wanted Janelle Monae to sing a song for the movie. Is she a Disney kid by any chance? I I don't think so. Okay. So. Anyways. Reminds but, me of that. Uh, reminds me of the new uh, Men in Black, where they got those two dancer guys just because they were dancers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You remember that? <laughs> and they had no lines or any relevance. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're just doing like weird dancing in the background Which in certain is cool, scenes. I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna hire somebody for dancing, you hire dancers. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, not <laughs> I mean, with La La actually, Land. There's a good amount of actors <laughs> in this movie too. Like you got uh, Benedict Wong's in this. Uh, uh, Ashley Jensen shows up as the Scottish doggy, which is cute. You know, I like Ashley Jensen and stuff. Uh, the only actor I felt was kind of phoning it in the movie was Sam Elliott as the Basset Hound, or the, the Bloodhound, which I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I, the whole time I watched this, I kept feeling like Sam Elliott between the lines was just going, I was an Oscar-nominated actor, and now I'm in a freaking dog movie. <laughs> whole- <laughs> I was an Oscar-nominated actor. Get fucking dog movie with this fucking script. <laughs> Just Shaq taking a, really a break from Sam the ranch. <laughs> it's like Sam, you're not in Star is Born anymore. You got to be in the dog movie now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, he wasn't like awful, awful, but it felt like he was like a you know very half energy compared to everybody else in the cast. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't know what else there's much to say about this. It's it's the biggest thing I can say about this movie is that it's perfectly fine. You know, like even on a production level, it's glossy looking. It's you know professionally well done, but. I wouldn't say it's like an amazingly look, you know, great looking movie either. The only thing I thought was amazing was the uh, when they're sitting up on the hill, like looking over the the city. That looked awesome in 4K. That was like definitely the highlight, like visually. Oh, I... and the opening looks pretty nice too. Yeah, there's that yeah. little like storyboard newspaper comic looking thing in the beginning. That was actually kind of cool. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond that, beyond that, it just kind of takes place in some like random. Uh, it, it it almost looked like London or something, but they were all they're all Americans. So I don't know where it took place. I you know but, that's the thing I couldn't tell. Like I mean, outside of the time period, I couldn't tell where this was set because it's filmed in Georgia. So I have to assume it's either old school Georgia or New Orleans or something like that because it's never clear at all throughout most of it. Yeah, and yeah. no one really has a distinctive accent outside. No, of- and again, <laughs> the whole very progressive outlook on this world where it's like, look, I'm, I'm cool with racially blind casting, but it does make it weird. It's like, I'm not sure where we are now because of that. <laughs> well, there's so yeah. much opportunity to tell a real story when you set it in history like this. Yeah, I think they should keep this cast but have, you know, Jim Darling and his wife act like you would if you were in love in this time period in a relationship where most all of society not only frowns upon, but doesn't want that around. That's a powerful message. 
Yes. Especially so in a movie want- that's supposed to be about love, but this movie really isn't about anything. So you want them Forget to mash? It, guys. You want them to Sorry. mash "Leading the Tramp" with "Loving" that movie that came out a few years ago? Just, just, just a mashup of those movies. Guys, guys, guys! Forget yes, it, I guys. Do. This is this is Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at Wikipedia. It doesn't say anything about the the town location, but the original was set in a quaint Midwestern town, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. Okay, that, that didn't come across at all in this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is it was like New York or something in this movie. It almost feels like it would be like, you know, I, now again, I'm thinking Midwest Town. I'm like, I don't think of any Midwest towns that could fit for what this place looked like. But. Yeah. Hey, look, Disney invested a lot of money in a lot of actors, and and time period be damned, they're gonna get their money worth off these actors. Yeah. 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 And they, they then, then they had like they the, uh, the then they had the Italian spaghetti guys. <laughs> yeah, <and> I, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know what guys. period they're from. So. Well, what did you guys hey, think? Spaghetti of, restaurant. Like, I thought like in the, the cartoon they gave the dog spaghetti because they didn't want it to go bad. But in this, they're like, oh, my gosh, we are so successful. Uh, but you can have a plate anyways. But, damn, we are just crowded in here. <laughs> yeah, and then the people inside are like, they, they told me they were out of special. There was a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of that throughout this movie where everyone gets what they want, ultimately. Or if someone yeah. does something bad, there's always a comeuppance. It's like, well risks and everything else be damned like everything that happens to somebody will almost automatically get fixed and they'll get more after that you know so. hey, not everybody got what they wanted the dog catcher didn't get to kill that dog but <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> everyone good got everything they wanted in this story <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah the, the aunt she she never got to to destroy the family like she wanted either <laughs> yeah what was what was she hoping to do with everything that she did in this movie i'm like Nothing good could have come out of anything that she did for the rest of the film. Yeah. yeah. She just wanted to hang out with her baby. Yeah. <laughs> everything would have been what... fine if they let her hold the baby for a bit. But no, she well, has the dog sit. That could have been a very different movie to have her with the baby. Yeah. And then the cats, like, wreck shit up. And then her clearly would say, oh, evil baby. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> baby and the tramp. I'd watch This it. baby needs a muzzle. <laughs> sequel. Yeah. <laughs> that is definitely a very cool and different movie than what we got here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just and I remember I was I was talking about this last time we did this. Um, I just thought it was a little interesting because in at the end of the original, it was a lot scarier when the rat was trying to get to the baby. Because I remember the, the the tramp had to go like outside, climb up the the roof or something in the middle of the rain. Like he almost fell off and died or something like that. This one, he just kind of like walked through the house and went upstairs. And to touch yeah. on your point. In the animated feature, that rat was drawn with the intent to kill that baby, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's not just a rat that's lost. That rat wanted to have some baby blood. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, to yeah, be fair, it's like, rat. yeah, this rat wasn't really doing anything, like, overtly menacing, just being a rat. So it's like, oh, that rat's yeah. going to hurt the baby kind of thing. I'm just like, no, nope, that didn't really look. come across at all. <laughs> If a rat was going for your baby, wouldn't you want your dog to try to kill it? Oh, sure. I'm just saying, oh, yeah. like, it, 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 that's what they meant for, for us to feel, but it didn't sell it very well. Yeah, it just that. happened to be a rat in the house. It was probably confused. No, there should not be any rats in the home. All rats should die. Now, if this was You're from the rat's wrong. perspective, that's a, that, this is a horror movie in comparison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All rats go to heaven. <laughs> it's like the spinoff of All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, <laughs> I think that this is time to wind down. Because, I mean, again... I don't know what else to really say. This movie, again, is probably one of the better things on Disney+. Plus. That's still not saying much. It's just saying, of all the things you can watch on Disney+, Plus right now, it's either Noelle, which, 
listen to our review for that. <laughs> um, or this, or maybe the Jeff Goldblum show that's actually pretty good. And Mandalorian's alright, too. So Yeah, we got some High School Musical, the show, the musical. <laughs> God, what a freaking a weird title. title. <laughs> yeah. Such a pretentious yeah. title. Yeah, but... It tells I, you everything you need to know. Yeah, yeah, so I will... I'll just say this for my final thought. Just like I think this is harmless. It's fine. You'll totally forget about it. There's, It's not so much that it's better than the old movie, which it's not, really. But I would say that in terms of live-action remakes, if I had to compare ones where it's like, yeah, did this have to exist? No, but it's perfectly fine. It, was, it did exactly what it was supposed to do. So I'm going to give this 6 out of 10 Clancy Brown cameos that made me smile. So... Oh yeah, yeah. Clancy Brown showing up and then he's in that. Yeah, when he's trying to I'm trying to convince him that uh, she has rabies, I'm like, okay, that was one of the funnier parts of the movie. Yeah, that was fun. So, now you, yeah. Now you got rabies sausages. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it was a good roll over your stuff. I am. Uh, yes, I am. I am. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, uh, Doggett, what do you think? Well, guys, I'm a simple man, a simple dog man, and I gotta say. <laughs> I really enjoy it when there's a, a nice, quiet, well-made kids movie. I really love those. Something that's not like that's not gonna make somebody jump all over the walls and shit. Just, just something really well-made. Uh, 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 something that you, so you don't even really see that really anymore in like theaters. Like, what's the last one? Paddington. Yeah. Yeah, Paddington, so, you know, the masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I'm not over the the novelty. Of a good kids movie, I guess is what it comes down to. No, I think we so can use more. We can use more good kids films, you know. So just for that, and the fact that hey, it's a streaming uh, movie, you could just watch this whenever. You could download it on your phone, watch it wherever you go. It's a good time for every, for the entire. It's a fun, sexy time for the entire family. I'm gonna give this uh, an eight out of ten. Songs about the tramp. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, weren't you mentioning, Bradley, like, the way they rewrote the lyrics for that was, like, totally different than the original version? I guess it's very upsetting to me. That's one of my <laughs> the favorite... The version, they want to fuck the trap. <laughs> yeah, and you're not wrong. Like, she, yeah, in this it, one, they're just like, he does that, you know. Yeah, in, in this one, they're like, he's a tramp. He's so much fun. He's everybody's friend. And we adore well, him. Original, in the original one, he had nine kids to feed. <laughs> well, in the, yeah, in the original one... And this dog was singing passionately, like, he's a tramp, and I love him. And it's beautiful, because Lady has to come to terms with, she loves him too. This dog is literally singing how Lady feels. And I don't get why that was changed. Other than, I guess, talking to your kids about love is awkward, and they didn't want to put any parents in an awkward position, maybe? Kids can that's, handle it. Come on, everybody. I, mean, I agree with you. That That's one of my favorite songs. I like a lot of the uh, low-key, forgotten Disney songs. So, Go ahead and have a listen to it. It's beautiful. And I think Monet could have nailed that, too, honestly. So I'm not sure why they turned it into a hooray for the tramp Gaston imitation type of song yeah. where they all just talk about how great he is, but whatever. Um, just to go into my final thoughts, it is very yeah, cute, yeah. and I really liked the cast of this. I like how adorable all the pets looked. I liked how the younger kids can enjoy how safe it is. Although, I do think it might have been a little tame uh, on a lot of fronts. And I just keep feeling like these live-action Disney movies are failing in the song department. But 
it's one of the better ones. Like I watched Dumbo this morning with my kids, and that was a grueling Oof. chore. Ooh. So, oh yeah, that that one was horrible. I don't I don't want to bash on Dumbo anymore. I love Dumbo, but that was a terrible movie. So I'm gonna give this seven at ten moons. <laughs> I, I I hope that Tessa Thompson actually tried to make those noises. Like that's actually her attempting <laughs> yeah. to do that. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Indeed. And then uh, Max. Yeah, um, yeah. I th- I think I enjoyed it more than you guys did, just out of pure nostalgia. I I used to watch the original one all the time as a kid, and like I said, the, the Siamese cats thing was definitely the most memorable. So I didn't I didn't really remember much much of the the storyline until about like a third through it, and I was like, oh yeah, that's where this is going. Okay, and um, I did enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, yeah, some of the some of the singing was not great. But I liked the chemistry between the two dogs. And, yeah, I, I, I always like dog movies, talking dog movies. I, I just don't know if I like the the telepathic talking dogs or if their mouth is actually moving better than one another. But uh, I'd give this an 8.5 out of 10 mustaches on guys that are not old enough to have mustaches. <laughs> Yeah, Thomas Mann still definitely has a baby face, so it does not fit very well with that little fake mustache he's wearing. You know what I really yeah. appreciate, guys? Out of everybody in this review, I have the least dog-sounding name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I actually do appreciate? To not just end on a terrible joke like that? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, how awesome is it to have a kid's movie that's marketed towards children without almost any meta humor? Or any, like, you know, aside jokes or pop culture references? Wasn't that refreshing? Yeah. You know someone wanted to be like, who let the dogs out, am I right? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Actually, you know, even that point, I don't think there were many puns at all. Like, were there any puns in this movie? Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Huh? Hmm. It's maybe not good enough to raise my score, but hey, that's that's a, that's an extra bonus treat for you, <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah just at the end like when they're opening christmas presents like they're just like oh i wanted an ipad (laughs) yeah guys that would have been rough (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a good place there you go